I run my work in 90-day sprints. So what that means is I tend to layer on sales and I layer on promotions and it looks from the outside, it looks like I'm pretty busy. I'm not because I've been doing this for a long time, so I've got systems in place to make it as easy as possible. Welcome to the Hustle Rebellion Show. We are on a mission to prove that being busy all the time does not always lead to success. We are business owners who are ready to stop wasting energy so we can be more productive. This podcast will give you the steps to stop hiding behind the hustle so you can start living the life you want. I'm your host, Heather Porter. Welcome back. We are in episode 43. Now, I want to talk to you about my guest who will be joining us on this one. And I must say, I almost felt like she was coaching me a little bit and in a very, very good way. (laughs) So I want to introduce you to Brooke McCarthy. She's a business coach and self-employment geek. I'm reading some of her bio because I love how she's worded it. Okay, you guys. So a self-employment geek who's been running her own business for 15, over 15 years, making her happily unemployable. How many of you guys are unemployable? Probably a lot. (laughs) With a background in public relations and digital marketing, Brooke helps values-based business owners to say something worth listening to and to do something worth talking about. She believes that the future of business is for profit and purpose, love and money with hustle and heart. I love that she uses the word hustle. I'm going to add in fun too, and you'll see why at the end of our conversation. Fun, fun, having fun again in your life and your business. Brooke lives with her partner, also self-employed in Sydney with her two teenage daughters who help embarrass her on TikTok. Yep, get that. And noodle soup is her love language. Hmm. Let's just start adding in love language questions to the show, shouldn't I, you guys? So let's go ahead and welcome Brooke onto the show. Welcome to the show, Brooke. Thank you so much for being here. How is everything going in your world? It's going really well. I've just dropped my parents to the airport this morning, so they're going overseas for a couple of months. Seems like so many people are traveling right now. Going to meet them in Italy. Oh, gosh, so nice. Heaven. Yeah, yeah. So at the end of their trip, it'll be the beginning of ours and we're meeting in southern Italy. Oh my gosh, lucky. Lucky, lucky. Sounds so good. I love it there. Okay, well, I always love to get stuck straight in with some great points and then we'll start to talk a little bit more about you and what you do with your clients coming up. But to start... I know you're very familiar with this part, maybe in your own business, but certainly with your clients as well, around the whole concept of growing a business, getting stuck in the stress cycle and the stress loop, and just getting really worked up and overwhelmed. So I'd love to start with three tips that you have around managing that overwhelm and that stress when you're growing your business. 100%. Thanks for asking. It's a brilliant question. It's something I hear all the time. And I think the first thing that I want to say is that overwhelm can be an identity. And what I mean by that is if you catch yourself saying, I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed all the time, then it's a good idea to have an honest look at yourself and see, am I over-identifying with this? because you're not going to stop feeling overwhelmed if it's become part of your identity. So that's my first tip and a nice little trick that I use all the time, or I don't use it all the time, but particularly if I'm feeling a bit kind of harried, I'm having one of those days where I'm a bit overscheduled and I run into somebody and they go, and they've got that look in their eye and they're like, how are you, busy? And I love to say no. That's so good. 
because even if I'm outrageously busy, it has this effect of confusing them, and I like confusing people, (laughs) plays with their minds a little, and I feel instantly less busy because I'm like, well, yeah, why would I want to identify as being busy? I don't, I'm not pleased with myself for being busy. I'm annoyed that I overscheduled. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's just a little quick tip that I have to kind of instantly feel better and cause the other person to pause and take notice and go, you know what, is this actually a good thing? Good point. The second tip is it's really a lack of discernment. It's a lack of focus. So when you feel like you're overwhelmed, you've lost your discernment and everything is equally important and equally urgent. And it's not, there's no way it's equally urgent and important. So taking a step back in that scenario is super important and appreciating that you've lost perspective, that perspective is very valuable and that you need to regain it. And you might need to regain it through having a really solid night's sleep or you might need to regain it through having several months of getting on the no train. So that's my third trip is getting on the no train. And, you know, I think humans are part of nature where, you know, we're animals, right? Mm. We can't be disassociated from that. So I think about myself and my business in periods of contraction and expansion. And in periods of expansion, I'm saying yes to everything. I'm easily excited. I'm like, you know, everything's a possibility and everything's, you know, I want to say yes. And then I go through a period of contraction where my calendar's starting to make me feel twitchy (laughs) and I'm starting to get like a little annoyed, like easily annoyed. And then it's time to get on the no train. And so the no train is a lot of fun. It can be pretty revolutionary for a lot of business owners because we tend to be generally can do enthusiastic, energetic kind of people. And we do well, you know, we are financially rewarded for being that way. So it can feel very strange getting on the no train for the first time, but I think it's necessary. And, you know, once you get the hang of it, it's a lot of fun. I love get on the no train. I've never heard that before. That's so good. Oh my God. Also something you said around where people are asking you how you are. I'll get that a lot too when people go, oh yeah, how's Mm. it going? Are you just as busy as always? And it kind of gets under my skin because I'm thinking, yeah. I'm in control of my time and I'm, um, yeah, I'm busy, but I don't wear it like a badge of honor in a bad way. Like, yeah. so I find there's a weird fascination with sort of plugging that word into people's mouths. So I'm, I was quite, yeah. I like what you said about that too. Really good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So I want to know a little bit more around your business because you just said, you know, there's times of contraction and times of growth, like all of us. Yeah. So talk me through a little bit about what you do in your business and are you in a time of growth or? contraction right now? So I run my business in 90-day sprints, in like quarterly sprints. It all went a little haywire during COVID, like everybody's business. And COVID was a period of expansion for my business. So I was working two long hours, making hay while the sun shone, I guess. (laughs) You know, there was a lot of money to small business owners to spend on training and coaching and business development. So being a trainer and a coach, a lot of people would come and spend that money with me. But before COVID and now that things are somewhat back to normal, I run my work in 90-day sprints. So what that means is I tend to layer on sales and I layer on promotions and it looks from the outside, it looks like I'm pretty busy. I'm not because I've been doing this for a long time. So I've got systems in place to make it as easy as possible and support from my assistant. 
but I tend to do like a lot of promotions, a lot of selling, and then I take a rest. Yeah. I just got back from a week on a tropical island in far north Queensland with my family and some friends. Nice. And then September we'll be leaving to go on a six-week trip. So from July from here until September, I'll be kind of, you know, making hay, I guess, (laughs) selling and promoting with the view that, you know, six weeks of travel, I'll be doing the kind of bare minimum marketing and business development. Do you find that? most business owners can do a flow or a system like that? I think it very much depends on the business model. It's a question I get quite a lot. And I have run a bunch of different business models selling a variety of different services over the last 15 years. And I started my business like many people do using the model that I came from, the model that was prevalent in the industry. So I came from public relations. So I started my business 15 years ago. I called myself a digital marketing agency and I set it up in a similar way. Small number of retainer clients who each pay, you know, a reasonably high fee and I look after them month in, month out for as long as possible. And that was brilliant and I loved it and it worked really well until I had two babies in quick succession. And then all of a sudden that business model expired very rapidly. (laughs) I think your business model, you know, and your business model really is just how you make money and how you deliver the value that you sell. Yeah. You know, the way that you deliver that value. And I think that there is no magic business model. There is no special silver bullet that's going to rain millions, you know, while we sit in our hammocks on the beach. I think there is a necessary experimentation required for each business owner to figure out well, what works for my personality type, what works for my strengths and skills, what's my personal preferences for what period of time. Because when I was in my late 20s, early 30s, I was very happy to be on the internet 24-7 and learning stuff and getting excited and I swallowed the online business dream and I loved it all. And now I'm kind of in that kind of late maturity of it going, I like that bit. I don't like that bit. I want this bit. I don't want that bit. So, you know, that can't happen if you don't actually jump in and give everything a red hot go. You know, I don't think you can research and think your way into this. No, it's a really valid point. And I know it's a totally random question, but it kind of does feed into what you're saying. Threads, the new app. What are your thoughts on the new apps, the new things constantly coming into the field of running our businesses? Yeah, I was really quick to jump in. I think I jumped in in the first 24 hours, but that's because I like social media. I enjoy social media. I find it fun. I do think when it comes to technology, sometimes people wait too long and they're not kind of opting out for a good reason. So case in point, I used to teach social media marketing for a number of years. And I would have people paying excellent money to come to my courses around Australia and bitch and moan and, you know, resentment, bitterness, da-da-da-da-da-da-da about social media. Now, no one's forcing you to do social media. You don't have to. In fact, one of my most popular blog posts, How to Ace Marketing Without Social Media, it's more than possible. You can do marketing without social media. Nobody's twisting your arm. There's only one rule in business, exchange cash for value. That's it. You can make up the rest. So it doesn't make any sense to me to resent and get pissed off and annoyed 
and actively dislike something but still continue to do it. So if you think something's a good idea, if there's a pull for you to do something because you're naturally curious about it or, it, you know, it's an inkling of yours, it's been squatting in your brain and you're thinking that looks like fun, but then you sit and you wait and you think and you sit and you wait, like, what are you doing? You know, you've got one short life to live. We're all dying. Get on with it. You know, you don't get paid to sit and think and analyze and research all day long. Oh. I love it. Such a good answer. I just had to throw that in there because I know you're back on with digital marketing and all of that just to get your thoughts. Really, I like what you said. And speaking of how you work with people, because you've done the agency thing, you've done quite a few things in your business journey. Let's talk about what you're doing now. So if you could walk us through a case study of somebody that you've been working with or worked with recently, what was their problem? How did you help them? And how is their life and business fabulous as a result of working with you? I'm seeing some themes emerging at the moment. Okay. So I'm seeing clients that are all on similar trajectories, and that is that people want to earn more and they want to work fewer hours. Now, that's not true of everybody. I have some clients, like, for example, I have a client up in Brisbane who runs a digital marketing agency called Patch Agency, and he is building, funnily enough, a traditional business in digital. (laughs) So what that means is he's got inner city premises. He's just taken out a new lease to expand his space. He's hiring people. He's building what is a traditional business. You know, it just so happens that they're delivering services that are cutting edge and digital. Yeah. But the other thing that I'm seeing a lot of is people who are very, very lean and they want to stay that way. So I've got a client, Louise Nealon in Illawarra. I've got another client, Kachina. Her business is called Content Collective Co. And they want to build their business, but not at the expense of their lifestyle, not at the expense of working, you know, all the hours, not at the expense necessarily of taking on the additional risk of hiring people. Because hiring people is sometimes a great way of of eroding your profit margin. And a lot of businesses kind of get stuck there where their revenue is growing, but their profits are dwindling and their risk is growing and their hours are growing and their overwhelm is growing, but they're not, you know, actually enjoying. They're kind of building a business that's turned out to be what they don't want. So a lot of business owners, I'm definitely seeing a trend in recent months. And I think it's natural on this end of COVID. Yeah. A business owner's just going, what is the point of all this? What is the point of building massive revenue and getting to multi-millions if, you know, I can't afford to take a holiday and I'm constantly stressed and I don't like my life. What's the point? So it is my favorite business model where you've got a single individual who is earning anywhere from 20 to 50,000 or more per month with very high profit margins, very low overheads, Normally, they've got a virtual team of maybe one to five subcontractors. Yep. And they're able to deliver services in a very, very different way. So, you know, we spoke earlier about how I started my digital marketing agency, similar to a public relations agency. So the retainer business model is excellent for the client, hell on earth for the business owner who possibly does not have their systems and their boundaries under control. Mm. So the retainer client that believes that they can pick up the phone anytime they have a question, you know, and get an instant answer and change the strategy midway through and just be, you know, incredibly demanding and inefficient, 
is the old school way of doing things, whereas the new school way of doing things is, you know what, we can deliver everything the client wants, the outcomes and the value that the client wants, and we can deliver it in a very boundaried time frame where they get one day or two days a month and that's it. And they don't have, you know, the luxury of picking up the phone every time they have a brain fart <laughs> so they can ask some random question. I love this because I'm seeing that as a theme as well, the leaner business. Mm. How do you work with those business owners? Do you actually help them move in that direction? Like what are some of the tips around running a leaner business? Yeah, so I do a combination of different things. So my, I do business coaching, I do business consulting, I do business training and I do business advocacy. And advocacy is basically, you know, I've got my ear to the ground. I work with groups, so small groups of business owners. I've got eight in my group at the moment. And a lot of them come from marketing in this particular cohort, but in prior cohorts, I might have quite a few from health. And then it's really about trying to streamline and systematize the business, starting with the profit plan. So the profit plan is, how do you make money? What are you actually selling? Yeah. And let's take a service, a client services menu that looks like one of those old school Chinese menus where you've got lamb and then you've got <laughs> 20 options for lamb dishes and chicken and 20 options for chicken dishes. And let's yeah. take all of that and let's streamline it into two, three packages for clients to make it much easier for clients to choose and to be really, really excellent at that service delivery so that the processes, the procedures, the outcomes are consistently high quality. And that's good for the client and it's good for the business owner and it's especially good for the profit margin. Now, you can add various complications on top of that. So depending on the personality type, like myself, I'm quite creative. You know, there's certain things I've been selling the same program for eight years now. So I definitely have some consistency. I have a lot of consistency in certain parts of my business, but other parts of my business, I just want to go wild. Like I want to have a bit of fun and I don't want to stop myself. If I have a good idea for delivering some kind of training, I want to be able to put that out for a 90-minute masterclass on whatever has floated my boat this month and have some fun and make some money doing that. So, you know, there's ways and means to design a business that makes sense, firstly, from a profit perspective. Secondly, from, you know, of course, the outcomes, because you need to get exceptionally great outcomes for clients in order for them to keep coming back and to say nice things about you. But thirdly, for your particular personality type, so that it fits you hand in glove. Hey, Hustle Rebels. Did you know this podcast is brought to you by Website Love? That's my business. To help you cut back on the busyness in your business, a good place to start is to get your foundations right. I have two gifts for you to help you get your website working better. Watch the video masterclass, Six Things Your Website Needs to Get More Customers, or download the Ultimate Checklist, a 14-step plan to patch the leaks on your website. Just visit hustlerebellion.com now and scroll down to get access. So if I were to come to you and say, Brooke, help, I'm stressed out. I need to, to do something with my service offerings. What's your flow? Do you look at profit first? And then yeah. how do you get them to scale back from there into like less offerings? Yeah, yeah. So typically almost 
all business owners are working too hard. So almost always we would start by getting on the no train. Mm. We would start by creating boundaries. Yep. Oftentimes business owners need a hard start and a hard stop time, an end of day ritual that like the laptop's closing down. I'm not touching it. I'm not thinking about it. I need a hobby because my whole life, my whole brain is in my business and my brain needs a rest. So that's part of it. And then the second thing is the top and the bottom of the business. So where is your 80% of your profits coming from? They're likely to be coming from 20% of your efforts. And what can we cull from the bottom? So at the same time, we're doubling down on what's working. We're also cutting what's not working. And again, that tends to be really common, especially if you've been in business for a while. You tend to kind of feel some moral obligation to keep doing things a certain way when they're not working. Mm. It tends to be this tendency, you know, for humans to go, well, I've been doing it, you know, I don't want to disappoint anyone. Even though it's really not working, I can't quite admit that to myself and just cut it off. Yeah. So a lot of it is a bit of kind of courage and handholding while clients, you know, fire clients, discontinue services, you know, or stop doing things that aren't giving them joy anymore. So focusing on the profit, focusing on the top cutting from the bottom. Yeah. Brilliant. And so much of what I believe in as well, you're articulating this flow and this way of thinking is such a beautiful, no nonsense sort of way of understanding it. My question, I suppose, based on that would be, I feel like, it, and you just mentioned it, business owners justify their decisions yes. and they're like, no, no, it, I've built the systems. I've done it all to make it work. I'm just going to keep doing it. Yes. Is there a time, like a gap in the business where you're working with them where they have to let go of some service offerings and then they lose on their profit, they lose on their revenue? Is there a scary moment? Or do you actually find that they go from point A to point B much quicker than they would have thought? It very much depends on the client. Yeah. So some clients are financially conservative. Other clients have very high mortgages. You know, there's been a lot of mortgage stress recently and lots of people that have high expenses, they need to keep the cash coming in the door. Mm -hmm. Other clients are happy to take a dip in income. And then other clients, again, don't see any dip in income, which is why we're working at the top and the bottom at the same time. Yeah. Because oftentimes it can be the really, really simple stuff, such as like, where did your last three excellent clients come from? Your last three favorite profitable clients. Where did they come from? They came from this source. Great. Go back to that source <laughs> you know, and ask if there's more work to be had. Like oftentimes it's the low-hanging fruit that people aren't prioritizing and they're not prioritizing it consistently. So there doesn't need to be a dip in income. There can be, but what else is quite common is that the business owner has been doing something for a while and they're tired of it, they're over it, they know their heart's not in it. They really want to focus on this. And then they're engaging me to help kind of steer the ship in a new direction. And what I'm a huge fan of is not burning down the bridge because a lot of business owners, and this is people very close to burnout. I've done it myself. You know, I've had burnout before over the last 15 years, of course. I've yeah. Burnout. You know, I mentioned two tiny children in quick succession. Yeah. <laughs> My partner's also self-employed. We borrowed a million dollars from the bank to buy the house. Oh. And then 10 days later, he said, oh, I've just lost my job. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I started my business in the global financial crisis. Like there's been a lot of stressful burnout periods. 
But I think the tendency there, and I blame Hollywood, is we get dramatic and we think, that's it. You know, this is stuffed. I'm just going to burn everything down. I'm going to delete my email list. I'm going to close down my website. I'm going to trash everything. And I'm going to start over with the yak farming in Nepal. And if you can resist that tendency and, you know, have a holiday, have a good night's sleep, like take up Pilates, like whatever the hell you need to do to stop burning down the bridge, then we can build the bridge and we can take people with us. It's better for your nervous system. It's better for your profit loss statement. It's better for everyone. And I've had three different brands in 15 years and I've successfully taken people with me. So I've had one client who I visited on holidays. I told you I went to the tropical island recently. So she lives 2,000 kilometers away from me, I think. I don't know how big Australia is, but it's bloody big. (laughs) And we were corresponding for like eight or 10 years. You know, she was in a completely different brand, following a completely different brand, but I've taken her with me. And people will follow you if you build that bridge And if you involve them in your process, if you show them the work behind the work, if you create out loud, if you share what you're doing, if you take a kind of a collaborative, open-hearted approach, you're going to do so much better than if you kind of, you know, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, so therefore I'll retreat or I'm creating something new, so therefore I'll go into my creation cave and I won't let anyone know what I'm doing. And then I'll emerge nine months later from my cave and say, ta-da, it's finished. And no one knows or has heard from me or cares because it's the first time they've heard about it. Why would they care? Absolutely brilliant. Oh my gosh. So keep talking about that, but I want to change gears to rituals because you did mention with the business owners you work with, you give them like a reason, a ritual, a moment in the end of the day to shut that computer down. What's the ritual that you do, Brooke, personally, every day to keep yourself sane? Well, it's very cold at the moment and I really hate the cold. Yeah. I'm lucky enough to have a spa. <laughs> so I get into the spa and because it's winter time as well, the sun goes down earlier, which is great because it forces me. I can see the sun and I, you know, I'm looking out my window. I think, okay, I've got literally half an hour. Like, and this is great with any pressure, any time pressure. I've got half an hour. You'll get the best, most high value things done in that half an hour rather than, oh, I've got all day. And then to get in the spa and just decompress in the spa works absolute wonders. My partner's big on the baths, being English. But the other thing too is to go for a walk, just to kind of walk away, leave the desk. I've had clients where I've had to tell them, this is, you know, honest to goodness, I've had to tell them, close down the laptop, lock the door of the home office, Give the key to your partner and tell them to hide it and not give it back to you because people need that. Like we need that, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's true. We get addicted so easily to our work, especially as business owners. We literally become a martyr to our work and we're like, oh, it has to be done by me. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think we conflate productivity with self-worth. Yes. And we get a lot of dopamine hits. We get a lot of praise. Yes. You know, my clients are much nicer and kinder to me than my family. (laughs) So, of course, you know, why wouldn't I want to please my clients? Because they're much nicer and kinder and they pay me and my family, you know. (laughs) (laughs) True. (laughs) Oh, my God. So one last question for you. What makes you different from other coaches in your space? Oh, I was dreading this question. 
it's kind of hard to see the jar, but see the <laughs> label when you're inside the jar, you know, like, well, it is. Yeah. So I'll tell you what other people have said to me. Other clients have called me honest. They've called me a straight shooter, which to be frank, I find a bit depressing because I think, wow, honest, that's not much of a compliment. Like, what does that tell you about everybody else? Everybody else that you're hanging around with. Sad, actually. Yeah, yeah. true. <laughs> and, you know, I want to help people get to the outcome that they want as quickly as possible. A question that I get fairly regularly is, you know, what is the best practice to do this? What is the best practice? What would you recommend for my marketing? What would you blah, blah, blah? And it's not a great question. The better question is, what do you have capacity for? What do you actually want to do? And what is the specific goal that you have? Because best practice, you know, going back to your question about threads, best practice could be spend eight hours a day on threads, getting your head around it, figure out how to get people to follow you and grow your following. Like that's completely unworkable advice. That's terrible advice. Yeah, because we don't have the capacity. We don't want to. We don't have the capacity. We have roses to smell. So, you know, I think the better question really, and, you know, what makes me different is I'm not pushing one business model. I'm not pushing one way of marketing or one marketing channel or one method of selling. There is no one right silver bullet. There's no such thing. You're wasting your time trying to find it. The better thing to do is figure out how do I design a business that is like the best possible business for me personally? How can I use my business as a playground, as a great experiment, as a way to not just earn money, but have time affluence, to use this creatively for self-expression and to make a mutual admiration society with my clients? Oh, such a good answer. And I'm so glad you brought up the best practice thing. And I'm doing little air quotes because as I'm listening to you talk, and of course, I've interviewed a lot of phenomenal business owners on this podcast and through my years as a business owner. There's something incredibly refreshing about you, Brooke, and the fact is that you don't stand for best practice. Like you literally are. I can hear how you talk. You like know how to get people results. I can tell that. But with keeping their sanity intact and actually bringing fun and joy and hope back into their lives, that's what I'm hearing from you as you're talking. And I think that's a really incredible gift to have as a coach and in your space because so many people use frameworks and formulas, which I believe are needed, of course, but to a fault where they stop listening to the person in front of them and stop understanding who that person is as a human being and what they actually want, how their brain is wired. And I feel like you have a really good gift at doing that with people. So just my two cents after a 30-minute conversation. Oh, I love that. I love that. I hear that a lot, actually. People say the fun thing a lot. I think we are in a fun deficit. Everyone wants more joy, you know? There you go. That's what I'm hearing you do. And you do it. You're walking and talking that in your own life as you're doing travel. And I can tell you're just so fun to talk to as well. So <laughs> as we wrap up, Brooke, two questions for you. Number one is who do you like to work with? And number two, if you are open for new clients, where can they go and learn more about you? So my ideal client is highly sensitive, although they may not admit that. They tend to be highly creative, although they don't necessarily work in the creative arts. They tend to be deep thinkers and critical thinkers, possibly a little bit cynical. I don't mind a cynic at all. <laughs> they tend to be from the industries of either health or communications, but certainly they're people that are selling services rather than people selling products. 
And where to find me is hustleandheart.com.au. You can find me under my name, Brooke McCarthy, and there's no E on Brooke. On Instagram is probably my favorite. You've heard that I've just joined threads on Facebook, on LinkedIn. And yes, I am always open to taking new clients, even when I'm in Europe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, excellent. Guys, check out Brooke if she's resonated with you, this conversation. there's I'm sure there's a few things in there that have kind of either tugged on your heart or pushed your buttons. And whichever way you want to take that, you reach out to her because she's great. You should watch this video if you're not either. She's just so fun to have a chat with. Brooke, any last thoughts for our listeners before we say goodbye? Yes, I just want to say that firstly, thank you for having me. And secondly, if you're listening to this and you've started a business, you've had the audacity to take a leap and make an income, a thriving income from your own sweat and smarts, then congratulations. Well done. Take your right hand, put it on your left shoulder and give yourself a pat on the back because we don't get that nearly enough. Yeah. And whilst I'm happily unemployable, hopefully for the rest of my life, and I wouldn't want it any other way, having a job is a shit ton easier than running a business. So you deserve every accolade and every compliment and every cheer that you get. Thank you so much for that beautiful ending note. Thank you guys for tuning in. Go check out Brooke. Trust me, she's good. You want her on your side and in your group and in your sort of following that you are around. So thanks, you guys. Thanks, Brooke. Talk to you soon. Thank you. (laughs) Hey, Hustle Rebels. If you enjoyed tuning in, you have to check out hustlerebellion.com. It's where you get access to the special resources mentioned in these episodes and can watch the video versions. If this episode gave you a few tips to help you run your business better so you can live a more joyful life, please rate and review it and pass it along to a fellow business owner. As always, thank you for your support.